You're listening to a sermon from crckulaman.org. I have the pleasure of sharing a sermon with you that's not from the book of Acts. All right. Finish the year strong. Um, I had a bit of a chuckle when I, I noticed that our, you would think that maybe Judy and I had coordinated sermon and, and songs today, but um, today's sermon, uh, Presence, spelt with a C, and I, I just loved hearing that first song, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Um, you know, in your presence, Lord, let us become more aware of your presence. Uh, nothing can compare your our living hope, your presence, Lord. What a beautiful song that is, just reminding us of the the beauty of um, Christ's presence with us. So we're going to reflect on that. There's a song I was listening to the other day, and it's, it's called Presence Spelled with a C by Dave Sivens. And the first verse says, I don't need any gadgets or trinkets. I've got lots of fine socks and decor. And while gift cards are grand, don't we all understand that each Christmas we all want so much more. And there's a few other verses. And then the final verse says this, I want presents this year, the kind spelled with a C. Here the angels are near, singing songs of the king. See the babe on the hay, find the joy that he brings. May his presence come bless you and me. May your presence be felt round our tree. We need presents, but spelt with a C. And I, I like that song. It's, it's not just a nifty wordplay. It's a reminder that for all the fun and the excitement of Christmas, the real beauty of Christmas is found in presence, spelt with a C, the C of Christ. What do you want for Christmas this year? Anything on your wish list? Uh, Mariah Carey once again wants you for Christmas. <laughs> for Christmas in 1948, Spike Jones and many, many people since then only wanted his two front teeth for Christmas. There's not actually much on my uh, gift wish list this year. Usually there's a few wants that... Uh, that make it on there, but, but this year there just doesn't seem to be a lot. And at a risk of sounding cliche and uh, making a few people's eyes roll and go, pasta, um, actually all I want for Christmas this year is presents, spelt with a C. My favourite Christmas scriptures are the ones that refer to Christ as Emmanuel, God with us. Matthew 1, 23 and, and Isaiah 7, 14 talk about the Emmanuel. Joseph was told by the angel that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit and would give birth to a baby. And that baby would be the saviour, the rescuer of this broken world and that this baby Jesus would be the fulfilment of the prophecy that a virgin would give birth to a boy and call him Emmanuel. Presence with a C. Emmanuel. And so Christmas, I think, is all about drawing, is all about Christ's presence, isn't it? 
uh, God present with us, God drawing near to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so can I encourage you today, whether you're young, whether you're old or somewhere in the middle, can I encourage you today, whatever else you want for Christmas this year, would you put presents spelt with a C at the top of your list? 2 Corinthians 9.15 says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. What a beautiful scripture that is. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Christ's presence really is the biggest and the most desirable gift. But ironically, he's in none of the Christmas catalogues, none of the what's hot at Christmas web lists. He's, he's ironically the most overlooked gift option at Christmas. Romans 6.23 says, The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The thing about uh, Christ's presence being at the top of your wish list is that it's a free gift. I tell you what, like with inflation and rising food costs and uh, utility bills that are just on the up and up, Free gifts at Christmas sound pretty good, don't you think? Um, You know, you can give or you can receive the gift of Christ and he won't ever break. And uh, again, at a risk of sounding corny, he he comes with the ultimate extended warranty. He truly does. Uh, Most things we buy, uh, you know, a year or two later, they're, they're usually ready for the bin, aren't they? My mother tells a story. Our nana, when we were kids, like my brothers were toddlers. This is how long ago it was. And uh, my nana bought them a Christmas present of these little trucks that you you push along and they um, make this loud kind of click, 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 click kind of noise as you physically push them along. Irritating, irritating toys. Really horrible. But but she said to my mum, she said, don't worry. They're just from one of those cheap shops. They'll break in a few days. (laughs) Don't worry. Well, the joke is those, those little trucks lasted well into our adulthood and they are possibly still out there at the farm today unless uh, my mother has thrown them out. Um, so some things, some things do last uh, a bit longer than what we expect, but none are truly eternal, are they? None last beyond time itself. And, and so the gift of Christ comes with an eternal warranty indestructible. I mean, not even a Roman cross could destroy him. The author of life. He was there, wasn't he? Before time itself. He was there in the beginning when the earth was made through him, for him. The gift of Christ present in our life means eternal life for us too. Eternal life is is living in the presence of God now and beyond the grave and forever. His eternal presence is the perfect and I would say the only answer to our human desires. We are made and we, we are designed to want and need things that only the presence of Christ will satisfy. What is it that you desire? What do you truly desire? There are deeper needs 
that we all have. And often the purchases that we make or the, the physical gifts that we buy, they're just covers or band-aids for those needs, aren't they? They make us feel satisfied for a time, but it's really only a, a symptom relief. They really only distract us and that underlying need or desire eventually returns. Christmas points us to the aspects of Christ's presence that are going to meet those desires. We're going to look at three of those today, and interestingly, there was three that popped up in one of those, those songs we sang today as well. And so let's look at, look at those three desires. Joy. Joy. We all want to live with joy in our life. Is that you? Yep. So much of Christmas is full of joy, isn't it? I mean, tinsel. Can't help but smile. Do you have to vacuum the stuff up from your floor? Advent calendars. They're good fun, aren't they? Lights on houses. That's one of my favourites. Presents under a tree, unwrapping, the surprise of what someone bought you, Christmas songs. Um, I personally delight in in Christmas desserts, (laughs) planning them, cooking them, and definitely in eating them. My aim with Christmas desserts is to make a dessert so full on that you can't actually finish the dessert. It sounds like a counterintuitive kind of plan, doesn't it? But that seems to be the way I roll. Uh, There's certain parts of Christmas probably trigger a bit of a nostalgic glow for you. For me, it's Christmas songs that do that. I flick on the Christmas music and I'm like, yeah, there's that Christmas joy right there. Even if they are songs about snow, which is a bit annoying, isn't it? What does that for you? What triggers that Christmas glow for you? There's a a song, Christmas song by Andy Williams, and uh, lots of people sing it. I don't know if he was the original author or not, but um, it's the most wonderful time of the year. I'm sorry to do this to you, but I'm going to read the lyrics. They're very catchy. I'm going to try not to sing them. It's the happiest season of all, with those holiday greetings and gay happy meetings when friends come to call. It's the happiest season of all. Have you heard that song? It's the most wonderful time of the year. Unfortunately, for some people, Christmas actually is anything but the most wonderful time of the year. And I imagine for for some people, the lyrics of that song would actually fall pretty heavy. Someone who's grieving, someone who's experiencing strained family relationships or health difficulties. Christmas far from being about joy, can actually be a reminder of our loneliness, can't it? It can be a source of frustration or anxiety as as you try to spend money on, as they say, things you don't need and, you know, money you don't have on things you don't need. But I want to say there's a joy available to us that's not dependent on these trimmings of Christmas or the circumstances of your life. Luke 2.10 But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. 
The real joy of Christmas is not the nostalgia or the sparkle and the lights. It's not presents with a T. It's presents with a C. It's the good news of Christ that will bring you joy to you. The Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord, he's come, he's here. Operation New Creation, it's commenced. You can be made new. You can have your, your, your sin and your brokenness and your hurt and your greed or your grief removed. You know, this, this Jesus Christ, born as a baby, died as a man and raised to life again, he's your hope that there is more to life than what you currently see and what you currently feel. The joy doesn't have to end on December 26. You can be born again. You can be made new. You can be released from the prison of your shame and your hurt. And you can be filled with his presence, his Holy Spirit. And you can be given the power to live differently in this world with your life bearing the fruits of the Spirit, one of which is joy. Does that sound like good news? I mean, we should be doing one of those happy dances like we just saw the kids do, don't you think? He's here. It's good news. If you want joy, oh dear, I'm looking at some of these corny things I've written here, but anyway. If you want joy that goes deeper than your Christmas trifle, um, then you too need to hear the angel announce to you this message too. Don't be afraid. There is good news and it will bring you joy. The Saviour, the Messiah, the Lord has been born for you. Do you believe that? Do you put your trust in that? Do you have faith in that? Besides joy, what else do you wish for? I reckon this one comes pretty high on most people's needs list, this next one. Love, acceptance and belonging. And I say, if I was being honest, this one is a standout desire for me. It's at the top of my desire list. I mean, do you, you find yourself naturally gravitating to places or people where you feel you belong and they accept you for who you are? I mean, we all do that, don't we? And even just in the, in the wider world, there's, there's clubs and, and groups of all types in our community for all sorts of different people and all sorts of different interests, aren't there? There's book clubs, there's sports clubs, there's men's sheds, there's card-making groups, there's dance groups. We love knowing that we're in with a group where we are included and we fit. There are plenty of weird subcultures in Australia. Did you know that there's a, there's a, a, a group called the Bronies. And you will, oh, I was going to say you'll never in your wildest dreams guess that, but it looks like someone knows. Do you know? The Bronies. The, the Bronies? Is it, I don't know if it's the same thing I'm thinking of, but I'll tell you what, what I found. The yes. How did you know that? That's incredible. 
Okay, that's right. They are fans, adult fans, of the show My Little Pony. And so they wear pony outfits. And they collect brightly coloured toys. This is grown-ups we're talking about here. And they gather at PonyCon in Sydney. Or they go to the My Little Pony convention in Melbourne. People like to belong, even if it is a rather niche <laughs> boutique group that they belong to. Everyone wants to belong somewhere. You know, when we receive the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ, we are made new by his living presence in our lives and then we know that God accepts us and that we belong to him and that we're part of his family. Do you know that? Luke 2, 14. The angels announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds and this is what they say. They say, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. That word favour, it is a mighty fine word. That should be our word of the year maybe. Favour, goodwill, delight, pleasure, satisfaction, desire, approval, benevolence, all of that is wrapped up in this, this little word favour. Do you know how much he delights in you? Do you know how pleased he is with you? Do you know that his favour, it, it rests upon you? <sighs> Do you know that he, he will be good and kind to you? And if you're thinking, well, no, that's just not true. What have I done to please God? If you're thinking, oh, there are so many things I've done that just wouldn't please God. How can God delight in me? I want to say, stop. That's not grace that you're thinking. Jesus has taken away the need for you to prove yourself to him. Prove yourself worthy. He's taken away the need for you to earn his favour through the things you do. I want you to think about this announcement of peace and favour. It was first heard by the shepherds. All right? Now, shepherds were the low elements of society back then. They were considered rough and unclean and possibly dangerous now, the closest thing I can relate shepherds to in our society, the closest sort of image that comes to mind for me is, is actually of shearers, a bit related to, to shepherds and sheep there. Apologies if you are a shearer, know a shearer, was a shearer. But I grew up on a farm and, and the shearers that would come, they were, they were kind of always a bit rough, a little bit scary sort of, you know. Oh, I don't know about those shearers. You know, they, they wore blue singlets, you know. And, and they swore. And they were a bit unkept and kind of scruffy looking. And they smelt like sweat and sheep, you know? If any group of people in ancient Jewish Roman society were considered to be unworthy of the approval and the love of God, it was going to be the shepherds. They were overlooked, they were on the outer of society. 
And yet it was the shepherds that God first announced the birth of Christ to. And they feature in the Bible as the first ones to go and visit Jesus. I mean, what an honour. How special. And so I want, I want the story of the shepherds to remind you that you are wonderfully accepted and included in God's story and plans, that he delights in you simply because he made you and you are you. His favour is upon you, not because you are clever or successful, not because you are good or because you are perfect, not because you do the right things, but because he chose you. He chose you like the shepherds to reveal presence, spelt with a C. Finally, the third one, peace. It's probably something that we're all after as well, isn't it? My most common conversation chit-chat at this time of year generally goes something like this. Whew, where did the year go? I can't believe it's almost Christmas. Uh, we're so busy, the kids are exhausted. Gosh, I can't wait until things calm down in January. Is that generally most other people's conversations at this time of year? Yeah. The thing is, although people might get a bit of a breather in January, it's surprising how busy January then gets as you catch up on all the things you didn't quite get done in December and you, you get prepared for the year ahead. And, and so pretty soon before we know it, the conversations are, wow, where did the holidays go? I can't believe it's already February. We're so busy the kids are exhausted. I can't wait for things to calm down. And then Easter comes and the kind of the pattern just continues. And, uh, and things never quite calm down. Sometimes when I'm asked by my family what I want for a gift, I say this, peace and quiet. I mean, if someone could figure out how to wrap that in a box and tie a ribbon around it, I mean, you know, they'd make a fortune. Sure, you can relate. And in fact, as I'm sitting there typing these words, writing this sermon, a member of my family needed something that was a bit trivial, in my opinion, from me. And I literally say to this person, please leave me in peace for a moment. <laughs> peace. Unfortunately, the scene our Christmas so often stands for chaos, doesn't it? For some people, the peace they look for is, is actually being free of relationship conflict, anger, chaos in your, in your family life. And, and perhaps if you experience mental health difficulties, peace would be an incredible gift for you, wouldn't it? Maybe you've been wronged in some way and you're looking for some sort of justice or some sort of solution to that, that, that problem that is just beyond you. The prophet Isaiah spoke 700 years before the birth of Jesus and he said that God would send a rescuer to the Israelites and he would be a ruler and, and this, this rescuer, this ruler would bring about a permanent justice and a permanent peace for people. Isaiah 9, 6-7 For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. 
Great will be his authority and there shall be endless peace. For the throne of David and his kingdom, he will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. It's the birth of this, this special son that would enable endless peace. In fact, this child will be known as the Prince of Peace. The Nobel Peace Prize has been awarded since 1901. It's been going a while, hasn't it? It's not given out every year. I guess there are some years uh, no one's done anything uh, deemed worthy of the award, I guess. But, but I was reading through the list of recipients and, and how they, they, what they did to get the Nobel Peace Award. And it's quite interesting, actually, reading this list. And there's some amazing men and women who have done some, some wonderful, wonderful things towards peace in our world. But it, it strikes me, reading this list, it strikes me that trying to bring about world peace in this way through you know, human acts of achievement, it, it really is like trying to stop a tsunami with a sandbag or even a, a tsunami with a grain of sand from a sandbag. I think if instead each person in this, on this planet were to have peace with God first through Jesus, if they would have a healed relationship with God, then we, we would receive access to an eternal, enduring, permanent, stable, reliable peace for humanity. The rule and reign of God, it brings a calmness and a security that enables us to live well live in a way that is good and beneficial and, 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 and right for us or right for others. And so unless we are willing to be under the authority and the leadership of the Prince of Peace, we are never really going to live in peace, are we? It is his presence, not just as one who loves us, but as one who leads us. That is the key for peace in your life and peace in this world. The question is, is Christ present as, in your life as leader, as Lord? Is he on the throne as mighty God? Do you allow him to lead the desires of your heart and the choices of your life? Or do you say yes, but then do your own thing anyway? It's a challenge. The reality is, if we want peace, real peace in our lives, we must surrender to the Prince of Peace and let him guide you. Let him guide your daily decisions, your daily emotions. Let him guide whether you turn to the right or to the left. Let him be your Lord and your leader. Joy, acceptance, peace, it's all on offer at Christmas but only when we have presence with a C. So what do you want this Christmas? Let me finish with the words uh, to that song. I want presence this year, the kind spelled with a C. Hear the angels are near singing songs of the king. See the babe on the hay. Find the joy that he brings. May his presence come. Bless you and me. May your presence be felt round our tree. We need presence but spelt with a C. Let me pray. 
Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your presence. We just thank you that in Christ, you have drawn near to us. And so we just thank you for the the love, the acceptance, the favour, the peace, the joy. We thank you for all of that that that, that, um, is found so richly in the Christmas story and in the story of the gospel. And so would you make that very real to our hearts? Today we pray. Would Christmas this year be about your presence? Would it fill our homes, our lives, our time, our priority? As we go about the chaos of Christmas, would we just stop and pause? Stop and be still and just know your presence with us and with our families. We pray this in the name of Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Saviour. Amen.